Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. Some of the finest shoes and boots you will ever find. Use the code Maximus20 for a gift from us to you. We're also sponsored by Meat Locker. If you want the best in steak, chicken, bacon, go to meatlocker.com. Use the code Maximus and load your freezer up with all kinds of delicious steaks and other meat. Today's topic is something that's really important to both Joe and I. Uh, It's called changing the narrative. And it's about altering your perception to the day's events, if you will. Uh, Joe and I had a conversation uh, not long ago about people being stuck in a negative rut. And this comes up again and again and again because, Joe, you know as Mm -hmm. well as I do that being a trainer to people, you end up being more than a trainer. You end up being a therapist in ways. Yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah, and and the the relationship that you develop, uh, especially when, when you're a competent trainer and people really open up to you. You know, and, and it can almost be comical to the point where, you know, you're just trying to help somebody do a push up and you're getting their life story because they just they feel connected to you. They feel they trust you. They feel that you're actually you know looking out for them. You know, you're on their side. And so so a lot of that does come out and it does end up actually being kind of important. Oh, absolutely. And this is something that you and I have talked about. You've been heavily involved in in designing the Maximus Method certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've, you've taught with me on numerous occasions. And one of the things that we've constantly come up against is the fact that there's a lot of trainers out there who may know about physiology. Yeah. They yeah. may know how to do a squat. They may know how to do a deadlift. But when it comes to the psychology type of things, they don't have any credentials and they haven't done any training. Yeah, yeah. And, and we always say that working out is, I mean, essentially picking shit up and putting it down. Yeah, that's the easy part. Like, that's the easy part. For most people, what are, what are people's goals? They want to look good naked. Mm-hmm. They want to they want to look better in their suit. They want to be a better dad. You don't need a high-end squat program for that. No, no. So teaching the exercise almost becomes secondary to training somebody's mind. And one of the things that I've seen again and again and again is there is this tendency in the world to always look at stuff – uh, what's that old phrase? The glass half full or half empty. Right. Yeah. It's, it's people look at stuff as the glass half empty. I feel like we're surrounded by chronic complainers. Yeah. And that gets to be habitual for people. And, and as a trainer, uh, if you're out there listening to this and you and you train people, you know, you've seen these people where they give you every excuse in the world before they even start training. And then as soon as you start training, they literally give you an excuse every time you ask them to do something. And it's always why it's, it's, it's why they're overweight, mm-hmm. why they can't eat right. It's excuses, but it extends. And, and what I want to focus on a, a lot for people, that, and this is my own selfish, I guess, interest, because I have a large background in psychology, is it's a lot bigger than just training. People yeah. do this with their lives. You know, I've heard people who live in a multi-million dollar house, their kids have straight A's, their kids are well-behaved. They have a wife they love and all they do is complain. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a real – their perception is completely the opposite of what any sane, rational person would perceive. Yeah, 100 percent. The the hardest part I think with that, Joe, is that and, – and I know you've dealt with this with various people in your life – is that perception is reality for most people. Yeah, I think it really is. And, and I mean, even interestingly, as as science delves into the, the deepest layers of physics, there's a really a gray line between sort of what, what we think and what we're finding. And so 
I mean, even just like on a scientific level, yeah, pretty much what you think you're dealing with is what you're dealing with. You know, it's almost like your mind creates your reality. And from a psychological standpoint, that is certainly true. Well, there's one phrase I want to utter. It's feelings are not facts. Right. Right. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't make it the truth. The really hard part about that, though, is if you feel a certain way, it becomes your truth and it's truthful for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can complain about your life. You can complain about your life circumstances. But no matter what anybody tells you, you're not going to see it their way. You're not all of a sudden going to wake up filled with positivity and, and appreciation for your life. Right. Well, like because your, because you're, that, you're, you're focused on the wrong reality. And so if somebody comes in and tries to tell you something that, that isn't in line with that, you treat it like it's just not real. Like they're the ones well, that are out of touch. Well, exactly. And so in this vein, what we're talking about, I guess, you know, we're going to give you a few examples of this, but the same event could happen to the same person. And depending on the day, or other circumstances, they would look at the event completely differently. Mm-hmm. And, and and a couple of examples of that, I guess, are you wake up in the morning, you have a flat tire, and you can't go to work. You've got two choices. You can be miserable and angry. You can't go to work. You can stew around the house, and you can let that one little event ruin your whole day. Yeah. Or you could take a personal day, and you can get to a bunch of projects that you've been behind on in the house Maybe you can spend more time with your wife and kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can work out because you've been chronically complaining (laughs) that you don't have enough time to train. That's that that actually makes me laugh because I know that's exactly people will say that I never have time to work out. Like, weren't you stuck at home? Yes. Like, weren't you snowed in? You couldn't get a workout in. (laughs) And then you give them. But the funny thing is, is that person will complain and complain and complain about not having time to work out. And then you give them time. Then they'll complain about having time. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, there's actually a saying here, and it's I, I got to do the math on this because I can't remember what it is. Uh, it's 24 hours in a day times 60 minutes times 60 seconds. So the number is 86,400. Mm-hmm. An event happens in the morning that takes 10 seconds. Are you going to let it ruin the 86,390 you have left in a day? Yeah, right. To put, to put that in, in perspective, someone steals $10 from you. <laughs> Are you just going to let that $10 go or are you going to write them a check for (laughs) $86,390? Like (laughs) if you're going to take it, take it all. (laughs) That's exactly it. If, 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 if something happens to people, they can't stop themselves from being miserable the rest of the day. Well, I have a a good example just from this morning. Um, My daughter wanted to, but she knew that I was, I was off work this morning. And so she was planning on going to the park with me. You know, hey, we'll go to the park. We'll, you know, go on the swings, go on the slide. Uh, it's raining. I mean, it's raining hard. And for her, that was like she's just bawling. You know, just crying and crying. I wanted to go to the park. I wanted to go to the park. Well, we we ended up spending the last couple of hours just doing puzzles and playing games inside, and we had a heck of a good time. And she's sitting upstairs right now, uh, just playing games and smiling, and like not even a thing. She's having a great day. And it might have turned out this was a better day for her. Yeah. I mean, we right? might, I mean we, she could have gone to the park and had a miserable time. Who knows? Yeah. Or skinned her knee or yeah. hurt herself or or just then been at the park and, and wished she was at home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Another time you see this, and I call it the New Year's Eve syndrome, and I think everyone can relate to this. If you stay in for New Year's, you're on the couch and you complain about not going out. Mm-hmm. We should have went out. We stay in every year. It's, you know, much more fun to go out. On the other hand, if that same couple would have went out, 
all they're doing is complaining about how they wish they were at home. Yeah, yeah. Because this party sucks. This dinner sucks. This It's constant in our society, and it's almost uh, a grass is always greener. Yeah, type yeah. of mentality that we that we go through. We're actually going through this right now, Joe. And and I'll share you guys a little bit with our family finances. Um, we got a couple of kids. Uh, we're saving for retirement. Um, we've got a mortgage to pay, and so we we have a budget, which I think is smart for any family. Yeah. And we're trying to decide for this summer whether we're going to go on a family vacation or whether we're going to buy a fancy. Uh, I want to call it a playscape, but like an outdoor playland for kids. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you see in the park. Yeah. We only have enough money for one. What most people will do in that situation is if they buy the playscape, they'll sit around complaining how they couldn't go on vacation. Right. Right. I mean, that's very common. Yep. If we go on vacation, we're going to look at the empty spot of the lawn in the backyard and complain how we don't have a playscape. Yeah. Why can't you just choose to enjoy one? Like if you go with the playscape, great, but enjoy it. Play on it every day. Take some pride in it. Be happy. If you choose to go on vacation, have the best vacation of your life. Yeah. But if you can't have both, you can't constantly complain about what you don't have. You, and, you know you know where I see this all the time, Bobby, is at the restaurant where somebody's like him and hawing about like, oh, do I want to get the burger? Do I want to get the, the soup yep. or whatever? And they finally pick one and then spend the whole time going like, ah, I should have got the burger. I wish I would have had the other one instead of just being grateful that you're out for dinner or enjoying what you have. Yeah, exactly. And and it is this, I have heard a lot about this. It's kind of learning to love what you have, right? Mm -hmm. Like being appreciative for your house rather than complaining about it. People go through this as well. Um, They complain about their house. I want to finish the basement. Mm -hmm. We need new windows. Our house sucks. (laughs) We need new shower heads. Like I'm sure you could go at the house you live in and make a list of of stuff that's wrong with it. Yeah. When do you hear people say positive things about their house? I'm really grateful for our living room. I'm really grateful we live in a big house. There's some people who, and I've heard them, Joe, they live in a 10,000 square foot home Mm -hmm. with 30 bedrooms and a maid and they find a way to complain. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to, I, I, I kind of group it together as what I call a rich people problems. Like you're, you're, you're worried about stuff that would be our dream come true. But when people complain about <laughs> what, stuff what like that. What did you say earlier? You're, you're on that, you're, you're flying first class, but you're on the aisle seat and you really wanted the window. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is terrible. Like grow up, you're lucky you could afford to fly first class. For most people, that would be the best day in their life. Yeah. Like if you, if you checked in to fly to Salt Lake City and they upgraded you to first mm-hmm. class, you'd be telling all your friends. Oh, yeah. It'd be like a great day for you. I've been there when I've been upgraded and it's an amazing feeling. <laughs> I don't ever want to get to the place where I'm miserable, right. right? Yeah. Or or I can afford to buy a 7 Series BMW and all I am is upset because it's missing a feature. Yeah, yeah. Or I couldn't afford the 8 Series if that's such a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but what I want to do to those people to kind of teach them a lesson is, is take the person out of their 10,000 square foot house with 30 bedrooms and stick them in a one-bedroom apartment in a bad part of town mm-hmm. and give them a bus pass. Like, shit can get worse, guys, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's what we all do. And listen, we all fall victim to this because you get used to your circumstances, I guess. And it just becomes human nature to complain. Well, and I think it's it's habitual, too, because complaining is easy. You know, seeing flaws is easy. Looking for for the good stuff takes effort. And so people just, you know, maybe it's just a natural human thing of wanting to conserve energy, but like our default position should, or it should be, it is 
to complain is to see negative things. And there's always a person in that group that does that, right? Mm -hmm. There's the person that constantly complains. He's a constant antagonist, always has to go against what the status quo is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I joke about this. You see this in music. You love a band. I don't know who your favorite band is, Joe. I'm going to guess Nickelback. <laughs> you know, you, you love Canadians. They, they get a bad rap. <laughs> right? But uh, <laughs> Nickelback is good. They've got the numbers to prove it. Um, I think they're actually the highest or the second highest musical selling act since like 2001. Uh, people just the, love I, to hate, don't they? <laughs> I know. Everyone hates Nickelback, but – 55 million albums have been sold in the United States. So for all you people that say you hate Nickelback out there, one out of five of you own a full Nickelback album. We're not even including uh, their Grammy Awards and, and, and all kinds of other stuff. Well, and just uh, the fact that literally everybody knows their name, like they're doing something, all right? It was it was really funny. This is kind of a, a an aside, but it actually relates to this conversation. Someone tweeted at them once. They took a picture of a garbage truck and said, "I'm following Nickelback's tour bus." <laughs> and it's it's pretty funny, right? Like there's some haters out there. So the best part was was Chad Kroger, the lead singer from Nickelback, actually tweets back at the guy and goes, "Yeah, if it was filled with a bunch of fucking money." <laughs> it's like what a great way to look at stuff you know what i mean oh, I'm, not is, gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna let this get me down i'm just gonna <laughs> gonna tell you the way it is i'd take you know? a garbage truck full of money yeah um <laughs> but it but it's funny how you look at that is is is, is your is, is your choice i don't even know where we were um <laughs> i better get back to the outline but a lot of this really is an example of the nickelback guy um saying that is how you want to choose the narrative. Mm -hmm. He can look at that comment and be miserable all day. He can be upset that some fan he doesn't know or some hater is, is probably the more accurate term right. that he doesn't know is insulting him or he can be happy with the gazillions of dollars he has in the bank. Yeah. Your choice, right? And a lot of this, again, is choosing that narrative. So a lot of things that happen to us, we can look at the story from a, Whatever angle we want. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, again, most people just want to be negative. And I think it's how we're, we're taught. I, I want everyone to do a little exercise. Listen to people around you and how much they complain. Joe, have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do it all the time, actually. It's shocking to me when you hear people talk around you, how much people complain about on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. And they'll look for stuff to complain. It's actually a competition. You know, That's so right. I, I, I work at a church part time uh, and obviously there's a lot of uh, of older folks that hang around there and it will daily turn into a competition to see whose health is the worst. Yep. You know, who who had worse news from the doctor, you know, yeah. and what did the doctor say and what tests do you have to undergo and how is, you know, the medical establishment screwing up your lab results like it just goes on and on and on. You never hear anybody say like, oh, I went to the doctor and they said, you know, for my age, I'm, I'm really in good shape and I'm happy yeah. and I'm healthy. You never hear that. Or just be grateful. They have two working legs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of say to those people, would you rather be in a wheelchair? Mm -hmm. Like learn. And it, it's funny, Joe, because some of the people in the worst circumstances, they're the opposite. They're the most grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it seems that the more you get, the more you complain. 
No, I know a, a, a great number of people. saints have said throughout the years that the, the poorest people are generally the happiest people. Yeah. And there's actually a study done on that. I can't I can't remember what uh, the context of it was, but they were trying to find the happiest place in the world. Hmm. And it was a small village where nobody had any cars. Nobody really had any material possessions. And they just lived life. Yeah. Because it was stress free. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of stress that comes along with being successful. Yeah, the more money, the more problems, right? That's exactly it. We see it in the gym a little mm-hmm. bit. Someone wants to lose 30 pounds. They lose 30 pounds. For two weeks, they're the happiest they've ever been in their life. Yeah. They feel good. They look good. They love themselves. Two weeks later, they're back to hating themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm too heavy. I'm not good enough. You know, my my, my fat's jiggly. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean- This is just, it's a real, real problem. So one of the things that we really want to get to is how to fix this cycle of negative thoughts. And I'll guarantee there's a bunch of you listening to this that are kind of saying in your head, wait a second, this is me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my question for you, the listener is, do you find yourself complaining a lot? Do you find yourself unhappy? Do you find yourself complaining no matter what you do? Do you find yourself with this grass is greener mentality? Because it can always get worse. And, and the goal is to fix that. So how do you fix it? How do you break a cycle of negative thoughts? How do you become a not a chronic complainer? And a lot of this stuff I think is important, Joe, because I think higher than ever in today's society, I think people suffer from real depression. Yeah. I think anxiety I is just like out of anxiety. control right now. It just goes completely un, undealt with. Yep, but I don't think it's chemical. I don't think we've changed mm-hmm. as people. I no. think people have put themselves there. Yeah, I And agree. if you're constantly thinking negatively, I, I've been there. You can go into a downward spiral. Well, and I think once you do go, like I said, it becomes habitual because it, it, it's sort of like your default setting. And so once yep. you started that sort of – it's called a spiral for a reason, right? It goes around and around and around, and it, it kind of feeds back on itself. And once you're you're looking at the negative, then you're seeing the negative. Then you're feeling bad about the negative, and now you're feeling bad. So guess what? All you see is the negative. You know, yep. and you, you said it earlier, like you, you got to ask yourself, am I happy? Yep. And if the answer is no, well, figure it out. Yeah, but the stuff that makes people unhappy is – is well, it, it, here's the thing, and I'm glad I just uttered that. Nothing makes you unhappy. You make yourself unhappy. Yeah, yeah. That's the reality, right? Well, you and we, 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 we talked about this in our last couple of episodes that oftentimes the things that are bugging you are not the things that are wrong. Yeah, it's something underlying. Yeah, yeah. It's that kick right? the cat syndrome. How do we fix this? And this is the main point of, I guess, this podcast of, of how to change the narrative, if you will. You know, and there's all these phrases, I guess, that, that talk about this. One of my favorite, Joe, is remember when you wanted what you have now. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about what we want. I mean, together mm-hmm. for business, what we want, you know, for our families. And we've talked about what our dream come true would be. Yeah. Dream come true would be a million dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. A house completely paid off. Mm-hmm retirement setup and uh we'll say school for max and jojo paid for yeah and school for my kids paid for i mean if i was to give you that right now how happy would you be ecstatic right like it would be the best day of your life yeah when you get there don't complain don't start looking for stuff to be wrong because that's really what people do 
Yeah, yeah. So we have to figure out a way to not get there and get out of it. And one of the things that uh, I recommend for people to do, and it's really, really difficult, is 30 days of positive thinking. And I've, I've heard different iterations of this. I, I mean, people will do 100 days of gratitude where you have to pick one thing a day to mm-hmm. be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's too easy because you basically wake up in the morning. And I'm not saying it's not effective. Right. But you wake up in the morning and write one thing you're grateful for. To me, that becomes a half-hearted effort because all you're going to do, Joe, in my opinion, is wake up. I'm grateful for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Grateful for my car. Yep. I'm grateful for my wife. Yeah, grateful I'm for my noun. Just throw something for my, in there. And just throw something in there without a lot of thinking. Yeah. Uh, another harder version of that is 30 days without complaining. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people try this, and everyone I know who's done this has had an incredibly difficult time with oh, it. Oh, I believe it. And and I, I could tell you right away, like, yeah, day one, probably not too tough. Day two, you know, okay, clipping right along. And by day three, you kind of forget that you're even doing it and you find yourself complaining. Yeah. Or day one, you get in a car accident. Mm, yeah. But how do you be grateful for that? Yeah. How do you not complain about that, right? I mean, how do you how do you look on the bright side of that, especially if it's inherently bad? Yeah. No one yeah. wants to be in a car accident. No. So what we've come up with for everybody, and we want everybody to take advantage of this, I guess, uh, we'll call it the 30 days of pos- positivity. You have to have a positive outlook on everything that happens to you for 30 straight days. You think that's easy, Joe? No. No. I mean, I, I think I would have a hard time with that, to tell you the truth. There's times when you just kind of want to be pissed off about something. And so yeah, you telling like yourself that uh, we talked about this again last podcast. Anger isn't really an emotion, right? There's usually something underlying. Anger is a reaction to an emotion. And so like trying to, to keep that positive frame of mind is, is tough. Yeah. But this can do one of two things. I think this is a valuable exercise because whether you pass this test or fail it, it still teaches you a lot about yourself. Yeah. So the goal here, and, and let's set some ground rules for everybody because we want you guys to try this and we want you to tag us in it. What's the tag going to be, Joe? 30 days of positivity? That's, that seems like a long tag. Just come up with something shorty like uh, – uh, I got one. The Maximus 30. There you go. Right? Just 30 days of positivity. So here are the ground rules. You have to consciously think about everything through a positive lens. And this is not going to come second nature to you. I think this is a great way to do a reset. If you you find yourself being a constant complainer, Mm -hmm. you find yourself constantly being negative, you find yourself depressed, put yourself to the test. And so you wake up in the morning and your alarm clock doesn't go off, and you're going to be late. You have two choices. You can look at that as you're going to be late and let the rest of the day be stress-filled and anxiety-ridden, or you can be grateful you got to sleep in. You got to pick one, and you've got to force yourself to look at it through the positive lens. Further to that, you can't just think about it. You have to vocalize it positively. Hmm. So everything that comes out of your mouth, you are not allowed to complain. You are not allowed to be negative. You're probably going to need a buddy for this. Yeah, I, I, I would say that. Out. Yeah, that's kind of like having your your sponsor in AA, right? Like exactly. somebody that you can call in the middle of the night and say, I'm losing it, man. And someone that's around. Yeah. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe mm-hmm. it's your kid. And you don't have to have that person come down on you hard. You just need a gentle reminder. 
So Joe, we talk tomorrow because mm-hmm. we're going to do this and you, uh, cause we kind of practice what we preach Yep. and you start saying, man, I had the worst day at the gym today. Joe, that sounds negative. <laughs> That's all I should have to say to cue you. Yes. Yes. You know? uh, but if you start examining why you're saying that as you go through this exercise, a, you're going to be able to do it and it's going to help you. Uh, think positively in the future because what you're doing is now you're setting habits. That's why we want it to be 30 days. Yeah, You can't do this for a day and expect to set a habit, especially if you've been negative for the last 10 years of your life. Yeah, exactly. Or caught in that trap of, of wanting what you don't have. So I think 30 days is enough to really teach you a lesson and get this to be more second nature. Because there are people, Joe, who I've met who are good at this. Mm-hmm. You know well, I mean? I'll tell you, my, my old taekwondo coach, Ned Ashton, he was the, the master of putting a positive spin on everything. You know, if, if, uh, so me and my, my roommate, Ethan, we, we worked for him. We were power washers and he run the, ran the, the company. It was his company. So it was actually kind of a really cool job because anytime we had a, a tournament, anytime we had special training, like, guess what? The coach was there because we were working for our coach. Um, but you know, along would come a Friday and on Thursday night we would say something at practice like, ah, oh, we have to get up in the morning and, and go work. And he would say, no, 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 you get to get up in the morning and go to work. Yep. And it, and it seems like such a stupid little thing, but changing that have to, to yes. I get to really does change your outlook in time. Well, it, and isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Would you rather be unemployed? Right. Have you ever had to foreclose on your mortgage? Right. Have you ever had your house taken away from you? Have you ever went to buy Christmas presents and not had a dollar in your account so you couldn't buy Christmas presents well, for just your kids. Imagine you're you're in a lawsuit on on either side and yep. you you use the phrase I have to go to court. Yep. versus I get to go to court. Who who has got a more positive outlook on the outcome of that legal proceeding? Well, well right? Joe, we we actually talked about this last week. I don't know if you remember. I hope that we're at the point where we're trying to sue each other because yes. there's so much money involved. <laughs> like and I hope I hope at that point where there's millions and billions of dollars coming in and we're in court, we can just look at each other and laugh and just shake our heads and be like, what the hell are we doing? We made it. Finally. Really? Like you and I, you we're and I gonna are be, talking we're about We're going to be dressed like dumb and dumber and this is the most yeah, gaudy outfits. Like. But I mean, isn't that the truth though? Yeah, yeah. Like wouldn't it, wouldn't it be if you told me I would get to the point in 10 years where I was fighting over millions of dollars with somebody? Mm-hmm. Really? Like – how, how much am I entitled to? 20? Give me a check for nine and we'll call it even. Oh, I remember telling you, I can't wait for this to be one of those lifetime movies. Yes. About like two guys who built an empire and then it fell apart. Like yep. when we get to the that point. Over, right? <laughs> we'll, drive our, we'll drive our Bentleys to yeah, court. Exactly. Actually, we'll have a driver drive our Bentleys <laughs> to court. And then really like that is so horrible. Uh, but but it's, it's funny. I like the way the Taekwondo coach um, – phrase it because you get to go to work you get to have a job mm-hmm. and by the way there's a bunch of people out there that would take your job in a heartbeat oh for sure so you're lucky you have it yeah and the, and the, the other thing that that he really drilled into us was the whole yes sir yes when somebody addresses you you look him in the eye and you say yes sir and i remember a very specific situation when i was working at a tv station and the production manager uh got a call and like two or three people um couldn't make it for the weekend shift and so he was looking for bodies to fill, right? The show must go on. And he yep. turned around to me and he said, hey, Joe, I need you to come in tomorrow and help with the noon show. And I said, yes, sir. And he froze. 
And he was like, that, that's it? You're not going to argue and complain? And I said, no, sir. You need me here, I'm here. And he yeah. was like, all right, we're promoting you. And I got yeah. my first promotion. <laughs> Simply by being positive. Yeah. Right? Or doing it reluctantly. Mm-hmm. Right? Like complaining, oh, I got to miss a day with my kids. How bad do you actually need me? And then making the person feel, feel, feel guilty, I guess. Yeah, yeah. For asking you, right? Yep. And, and so, so that's a real world example, though, of how this can change your life. Being positive. Yeah. And by the way, when you are happy, you're at your most productive. Yeah, 100%. When you are positive, it seems to me that negativity begets negativity. Yeah. And positivity begets positivity. Well, thinking about the the TV station, it was a it there was a lot of negativity in that environment. Yep. And I mean, it was a very high paced. It was a news station, right? Uh, and a very competitive market. And there's just a lot of complaining going on. And our boss, our station manager, uh, got into the whole fish philosophy. So yeah. I don't know if you remember that uh, the fish market in uh, uh, I don't know was it Seattle where the guys like throw the fish at each other, yep. And it's like the, the the whole thing is that it's a kind of a crappy job, you know. You basically you're you're in the scent of like dead fish all day at this little fish market, but they they just made fun out of it, and it got yep. to be a show. And then so many people would come to watch these guys tossing fish around the fish market that it was drawing in customers and helping business. And they were having fun. And it was exactly what you said. Because they were having fun, their productivity went up, the business improved, and it actually turned into this whole like movement within corporate America to adopt fish philosophy. And to, to and the quote was to choose your attitude. People want to be around what's fun. Exactly. I mean, inherently, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we gravitate towards the negative. Yes. And you become what you hang around. Well, like I said, and, and we said this earlier in the podcast, like it, that's your habit. That's what you're going to do. And it's also we want to go with the flow in a way. And yes. I want to say this. If everyone's being positive and you're the negative voice, you stand out like a sore thumb. Yes. Yes. At the same token, if everyone's negative and you're positive, you equally stand out like a sore thumb. Yes. You know, and that can be hard for people because when the habit of the group is to complain, they don't want to hear a positive person. Well, there, the, when I lived in uh, in South Korea, I heard a phrase uh, that I'd never heard before. Um, and I was talking with some of the students because almost all the schools wear school uniforms. And I was just saying most of the public schools in the U.S. don't. And we were just kind of debating, you know, the merits of one way versus the other. And you know, the, the, the phrase came up that the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? So if yep. you're trying to get attention, like what you wear is one way to get that. And all the, the little Korean students that I was working with, they said, yeah, but the nail that sticks up is the one that gets the hammer. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think the in Japanese culture, it's the tallest blade of grass gets cut first. Yeah, exactly. Is, 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 is what it is. But your whole squeaky wheel thing, it's why we complain a lot. Yeah. Because we think, I mean, I think really what this comes down to is we want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And if you complain, you're going to be heard. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're taught. You want, well, and, you want and lower we want cable to, prices? Complain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on the phone with the, the – yeah, throw a fit. Just throw I'm a gonna, fit until they give you I'm a discount. Gonna, <laughs> I'm pardon my language. I don't normally do this, but fucking – I'm going to fucking quit if you don't yeah. – Oh, I'm sorry, sir. There's no reason to be upset. Yeah, let me send let you me to customer retention. <laughs> you know? I mean that is it. Yes, yes. Easy. Drop a couple of F-bombs in there. Yes. Talk about how frustrated you are and you'll get rewarded. Well, and I think the other thing too is that people want to fit in, 
So you're in a work environment and you're all sitting around the break room and, you know, Karen from accounting starts complaining. And so Susan starts complaining and then Becky's complaining and then they all turn and look at you. What are you going to say? Hey, guys, I'm just lucky to have a job. By the way, Joe, I've done this to people. It makes them angry. Yes. When someone's complaining and you automatically look on the bright side, it really boils their blood. Yeah. Like you really get people lash out. So, so try this. I mean, uh, you know, I, I go with your wife to dinner and when she complains, look at her in the eye and say, Megan, do you know how lucky I am to be at dinner with a beautiful woman like you? <laughs> Smoke will come out her ears. I just, I would just, I, do I could see the face. <laughs> yep. And, and I do it to my wife too. Do you know what I mean? If she complains, I will automatically say something positive in response. You know, so she said the other day, I hate driving. Babe, I am so grateful we have an hour in the car to just talk to each other and really mm. connect. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I what I said. You're yeah. making fun of me. <laughs> oh, I'm not making fun of you. I don't know how, but you're somehow mocking uh, me. I'm, I'm laughing but, for two reasons. One, because isn't that the truth? And two, because I know Lisa and that totally yeah. would be exactly what she but would it's, say. But it's funny. If someone complains about something and you point out the positive, they think they're being mocked. Oh, what is, what, what is that old joke when the, the two psychologists pass each other in the morning and the one says yep. good morning and the other one says, I wonder what he meant by that? Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, no, I'm just saying it's nice to actually have an hour because one of the things that me and my wife complain about is we don't have enough time to really connect. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad we're stuck in the car together. Mm -hmm. The baby's asleep and we could just talk and connect. Yeah. yeah. Because just a day before that, Joe, we were talking how we needed more us time. Yeah. You know, so try it. If someone's being negative, make a positive comment and see what they say mm -hmm. or see what they do. They can't stand it. Yeah. One, because you're perceived as being happy and we hate when other people are happy. Yeah. This is another trait of these negative people, right? You hate Well, this goes back to haters. I mean, I don't need to, to, to harp on this and neither do you, Joe, but go listen to the haters podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to see somebody else successful, but nobody also wants a spotlight shone on their shitty behavior. Yeah, exactly. So just, just try it. When somebody complains at the gym, make a positive equipment. We are so lucky to have all this equipment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These dumbbells suck. I'm so grateful to have dumbbells. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if someone complains about the workout sucking, I am so grateful that we get to exercise today. I feel better than I felt in years. Mm -hmm. It makes people angry. And it's one of my favorite things to do. You know, um, but back to the 30 days of positive thinking, and this can be part of that, Joe, yeah. not only do you have to be positive yourself, you have to correct other people's behavior. Yeah. I like that. And, and don't correct it by, by having a standoff with them. Right. Don't yeah. be antagonistic. Just make a positive comment. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when somebody's bad mouthing the work, you brought up the TV station where everyone was miserable. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Just say it. I'm so grateful we have underground parking in the winter. Mm -hmm. And then watch silence fall over the room. But if you can practice this, you can really do a reset. Now, back to, because I think we didn't cover it. What if you fail? It's probably going to teach you how negative you actually are. So you, you're, one of two things are going to happen, Joe. You're going to do this and you're going to fly. Yeah. 
you're going to find it easy. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to be more confident. You're going to have a greater appreciation for your wife, your kids, your job, your body, all the things that you should have appreciation for. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to fail miserably and you're going to find out exactly how difficult this is. And then you're going to come to the conclusion that, wow, maybe I do complain a lot. Yeah. Because even complainers don't want to admit that they complain. No. Nobody likes that. Um, nobody likes that, I guess, uh, title. Right. Associated right. Kind of like how a racist doesn't like to be a racist. Mm-hmm. A misogynist is never going to say they're a misogynist. Right. If you're homophobic, you're never going to admit it. Yeah. So you don't want to be called a complainer because it just doesn't sound good. So 30 days, all positivity, no complaining. You have to be grateful for stuff. You have to look at the bright side of stuff. And what this is going to allow you to do, I think, is have a 30-day reset so that you can then go forward. We don't expect you, Joe, I don't think, to ever complain again. Right. Well, there, 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 there are times when complaining does serve a purpose, but yes. when it becomes an issue, like if you're complaining about how much you complain, like do something yeah. about it. Well, exactly. Or you're in a spot where you really dreamed of being in and all you do is complain about it or you're miserable. Well, you and I talked about this the other day. If I went back to, you know, 20 year old Joe Sabula and I said, hey, guess what? By the time you're 40, yes. you're going to be living in a big house. You're going to have two kids, a beautiful wife. You're going to be working in this industry. You're going to be doing this podcast with this other guy. I would have said, sign me up. Well, that's and I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm worried about the house or sometimes I can complain mm-hmm. about the house, you know, the payments on it, or I'm worried about the, the crown molding, for example. Yeah, yeah. Some of you might not even know what the fuck crown molding is, <laughs> but like I'm going to sit here, I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, wow, it has a nick out of it. If you would have shown me this house and my wife to a 21 year old Bobby Maximus and said, this is what you're signing up for. Would you want my liver? Gladly. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll give you a kidney for that. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm here, it's easy to complain. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to thank a sponsor. Let's do it. Or two. Uh, Lalo Tactical, the best in shoes, uh, by the Maximus shoes. Um, if you do want to do this 30 days of positivity, the Maximus shoes will help you. Yeah. Uh, there was a study conducted by, I, I, it was Harvard, Yale, Stanford, some school all, like all that. All of them, I think. I think it was a joint. All of them. I yeah. think it was a joint effort, but they uh, discovered that people who wore Maximus shoes were more grateful than other people. So get yourself a pair. Use the code Maximus20. And then Meat Locker. How could you not be grateful eating a delicious steak every day? Amen. How could you not be filled with positivity? Yes. So www.meatlocker.com, use the code Maximus and, and get yourself a break. Yeah. But Joe, talking about sponsors, we complain about sponsors a lot. And we're going to have a real moment with you guys. We want more sponsors. Yeah. We want to get paid more money by sponsors. Mm-hmm. We want to get more stuff from sponsors. How many podcasters do you think are out there? What There's like a million podcasts now. Yeah, it's two million, a, yeah, three million worldwide. Yeah. It's a ridiculous amount. How many people would kill to have the sponsors we have? Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Well, and and for, for us to to not have to settle for the sponsors that we have, but to actually have sponsors that we're actually really happy to work with. Exactly, and the stuff that we like mm-hmm. a lot. You know, yeah. Um, so why why would we complain? I mean, we we go about this with our listenership. Do you want more downloads, Joe? Yes, yes I do. Do you want more subscriptions? Yes. Yes. We're in the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've talked to people about this. 
What were you telling me the other day? Like I have a buddy who has a podcast. How many subscribers? 30. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, I guess you can get a lot worse. And listen, I'm not making fun of people who have 30 podcast subscribers. Yeah. But there's always a way to complain. We do it with Instagram followers. Yes. I'm pissed. I'm not at a million. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, Joe. I've got 60,000 now. How many people do you know with 60,000 Instagram followers? Not many. I think me and Gunner. Yeah. I mean, realistically, can you name another person you've talked to with that many? Like really had a conversation with? It's rare. Yeah. So, I mean, you can you can beat yourself up that you don't have enough. I'm well, trying, I can I'm, beat I'm, myself I'm, up. I'm trying to think back. When I started working with Jordan, I think he was only at like 30 and now he's at like a half million. So, yeah. okay, so there's, <laughs> there's three. Yeah. How many people three. do you think you know with an Instagram account? Thousands? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it goes back to that. Be grateful for what you have. And it doesn't mean I think there's also this mentality and I think we should wrap up on this point. There's also this mentality that the minute you become grateful, people think you've settled. Yeah, that's true. We, we live in this constant. I actually want to do a podcast on the severe game show, but this we live in this constant. I have to hustle mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, like that's like the not, hip thing right now is to be yeah. hustling, hustling, right? If you're not grinding, if you're not missing sleep, if you're not working yourself to death, if you're not burning the candle at both ends, somehow you've settled. Yeah. And there's this weird space people get in where they're constantly worried about not living up to their potential. And I'm the first one to praise that you should want to live up to your potential. Mm-hmm. But they they let the rest of life pass them by. Well, I remember listening Almost, to uh, to Gary V talking about that. Because he's he's a big one of like, yeah, if you have big dreams, you got to get up, you got to hustle, you got to move, like you should be doing something every day to move towards your goals. He said yep. he's very much wired that way. And and if and if you are a fan of Gary Vee, and you should be, I think he's a really interesting guy to, to follow. Um, like you get that about him. Like he very, that's what makes him happy. You know, working 16 hour days is what feeds him. Uh, but he, he said, I have friends who make 65K a year and they play Xbox on the weekends and they're perfectly happy there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to be a millionaire to be happy you know you don't have to have uh uh, seven figures in the bank so that everybody can say that you're not just settling yes well he also talks about the work-life balance in that regard yeah and the work-life balance he says there's no such thing work-life balance is whatever you want to make it yeah so again he points to the fact that he loves working that's Mm -hmm. what makes him happy he works 16 hours a day. And you know what you'll never hear him do? Complain. Right. I don't think I've heard one thing. And I follow him pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary, if you're listening, please come on our podcast. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'd love to have him on here and interview him. Yeah. Maybe you should send him a DM and ask him if he wants to be on. But one of the things is you never hear him complaining because he just loves his work. Yeah. He, he's found work-life balance. Mm-hmm. So, So his point is, your work-life balance could be 99% work, 1% personal life, and that's fine. Yeah. Or it could be 99% personal and 1% work, and guess what? That's equally as fine. Yeah. He always says it's not for him to judge. Mm-hmm. It's for how happy you are. And a lot of this comes back to, I think, now that we're talking about this, being comfortable with your life. Yeah. Being and, and- comfortable in your own skin, being comfortable with your situation. Well, and knowing what it is that you're you're trying to do with your life, yes, and and how much effort it's going to take to get there, yes, you know, so so just having a plan and being able to say like, yes, I'm I'm actually working towards that plan, or 
I have achieved what I set out to achieve, and now is just time for me to sort of rest in that and just enjoy the fruits of that labor. You know, maybe maybe oh. wait for the next inspiration to come along. Yeah, no, for sure. But there's another quote, and I want to leave it with this, Joe, that, right. that sums up what we're talking about perfectly, and then we can wrap up. And I'm looking for it right now, and it's by the Dalai Lama. And it is, I just want to get it right because it's quite pointed. Here it is. The Dalai Lama was asked what he was surprised about humanity. So when asked what surprised him about humanity the most, here's what he replied. Man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he is never going to die and then dies having having never really lived. Hmm. And that's exactly it, right? Because it's true. Yeah. You will give away the best years of your life to grind and hustle and work and you will sacrifice your health and then you don't realize till it's too late. So then what happens when you're 60 or 65? Oh, then you're standing around the church complaining about your health. Yeah. Or when you have cancer or a heart attack mm-hmm. and you're just willing to spend every last cent you have to have one month left. Well, let's let's nip that in the bud by uh, by setting out on a thirty day adventure. Thirty yeah, days positivity. Maximus thirty will be will be the ha- hashtag Maximus thirty. Yeah, and please get in touch with us and let us know about the difficult time you're having. Mm-hmm. I love hearing about other people's struggles because it makes me feel better about my life. It will help <laughs> you with my thirty days. But but on a serious note, I mean. I, I, I don't think this is going to be easy for people, Joe. No, no. Like I said, it might start out kind of like, oh, this is sort of hokey. But if you're listening to this podcast, you know we, we, we talk about writing down every day five reasons you're going to be successful, right? Yep. Doing the green dots, the green light thoughts, right? I caught you on one earlier as we're starting to record the podcast. Start yep. complaining. Hey, green lights, Bobby, come on. Uh, yeah. Like if you're doing those things, like you start to see that value and you can start to see instead of a, a negative feedback loop, you can actually create sort of a positive feedback. Loop. Lots of feedback. Like I said, I, I was just so conditioned to saying, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. That when I was told I needed to work extra without even thinking about it, I responded, yes, sir. Just yes, sir. And that created a very positive thing. So the, it you can choose which way you want to spiral out, I guess. No, and the truth is, Joe, if I can say something about you before we go, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love about you is you are a positive person. Try to be. You don't complain a lot. You've you've went through a lot in the last few years, mm-hmm. but I've never heard you really down about it. It's constant positivity, which oh, becomes infectious because that's why I call you so much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. probably to the point it annoys the shit out of you, <laughs> but I want to be around people that look at things that way because it gives me hope. Yeah. And you have a genuine sense of gratitude. Well, I, I don't think being miserable is going to help me get where I want to go. You know, no, I don't have and time it's a for that example to your kids. Yeah. And on that note, if I can say this too, because I've spent some time with your kids, they're both really happy and positive. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jojo's just a, just a dream to be around. Mm-hmm. She lightens up a room. She makes you smile. It's hard to be miserable when Jojo's in the room. Yeah. Yeah. She's but funny. I don't, I don't think she was born like that. That comes from you happen to spend a lot of time with her. So no, be was, good I, for your kids too. I was going to say maybe we're just blessed, but you know what? Maybe maybe that's not it. No, know? and and a lot of people think this is genetic. Oh, he's mm-hmm. just like that. No, mm-hmm. you consciously work at it. Yeah. So uh, on that note, uh, we're going to go. Your thirty days. I can't even remember. Oh, Maximus thirty. 
will be the podcast and let us know how you do.